This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. The two men did not even flinch at this and said that we will come with them or they will hurt us. You are not going to the movies. You are not going to meet that man. You are going to get seriously hurt or kidnapped. And I can't allow you guys to go. After that incident, I I never slept without a light on ever again, although it didn't really help. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Thanks to Rocket Money for supporting Disturbed. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true tales and a listener voicemail that will terrify and horrify. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user Danica Darkhand, featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas, and we experience a nightmarish camping trip. To set the stage for this story, we must go back to the far-off year of 1988. The location is the Cascade Mountains of Oregon. I was 10 years old, and with me was my mom, dad, best friend, and our golden retriever, Amber. We were very much an outdoor family and had many camping trips before this and since. But to this day, when I think about it, I still remember the terror I felt that weekend so long ago. After a brief talk with my father recently, it kind of came back to the front of my mind. He was also able to fill in a few details that I had forgotten. This holiday was like many others. We packed up the station wagon with everything we would need for a hike into one of our favorite lakes to camp at. To make this trip even more exciting for me was the fact that it was my birthday weekend, 
And I got to pick this lake. After we arrived at the trailhead and got our packs on, my dad got his sidearm out and strapped it on his belt. In Oregon, open carry was permitted in national forests, and my dad always had a gun on his hip while in the woods, which always added a sense of security. We had a close call with a bear one time in which it came in handy. The lake was about a four-mile moderate hike in through some thick forest. But the trail itself was well-maintained and was never very busy, so it was going to be a very pleasant hike in. We started off on our hike, and back in the 80s, it was not uncommon to have your dog off-leash on the trails in the forest. So we let Amber run and do her thing. She was a good dog and never ran off for too long or jumped on people. She did love people, though. And speaking of people, we had not seen anyone else on the trail after about two miles in on the hike. Which was nice, since it was just all of us talking, laughing, and enjoying nature. My best friend and I started to hike ahead of everyone else because we were so energized and excited about finding the first and best tent spot once we got to the lake. Amber was bounding ahead of us and having a great time too. We were about 20 yards ahead of my parents when Amber stopped dead in her tracks. I thought she maybe saw a chipmunk or something, maybe a bird. But her hackles came up and she let out the lowest of growls. She never growls. So we stopped walking, and I thought maybe a bear or deer or something was just off the trail, and she saw or heard it. We immediately started walking backwards, and my parents caught up to us. My dad asked us what was going on. I told him that Amber is up the trail and growling at something. He tells us girls to stay back with my mom, and he walks ahead to where Amber was at on the trail. My dad gets up to her and looks around. I hear Amber whimper a bit while looking off the trail. My dad comforts her and calls her back and walks back to us. He says it must have been an animal and he didn't see anything right off the trail or ahead of us. He says to let him take the lead and we continue to hike. It didn't take long before it was forgotten and Amber and the rest of us were all having a good time again. We arrived at the lake and much to my delight, there was no one else there camping. The water was clean and blue, and the shade from the trees made the whole scene just perfect. My friend and I found the best spot to set up our tent, and my parents followed suit. After we had camp set up, my folks went off to fish just down the hill, and my friend and I took off with Amber to walk around to the other side of the lake to catch salamanders. We only made it about an eighth of a mile when Amber stopped and started to growl. We stopped and looked around and heard brush rustling. Then... Right in front of us, a man walked out of the trees. Amber stayed right by our sides and started to bare her teeth. He was taller than my dad, so at least 6'4". was very skinny, but had very broad shoulders. He was clean cut and was wearing black jeans and a white polo shirt with loafers. I mean, he did not look like he had hiked at all or was even dressed for the outdoors. He almost looked like he came out of church. We just stood there, trying to process this situation when Amber began to bark. The guy just stood there, not moving, and he smiled. Like, the creepiest smile. I felt like someone who thought that was what a smile was supposed to look like. Amber kept barking, and this got my parents' attention. And they looked up to us and called out to us to come back. We complied and started to walk back towards them. 
My dad met us halfway and told us to go back to the campsite, and he was going to talk to this guy. We got back to our camp, and my mom sat with us. I could hear my dad asking the guy if he needed help, or was he a fellow camper who had just set up a camp away from the lake? My dad was being polite and calm, but I could see he was on guard and trying to feel out the situation. Now is the time to mention that my dad was ex-army and can be very intimidating when needed. The conversation continues. The guy told my dad he was just on a walk and did not mean to intrude on us. The guy says goodbye and walks back into the woods. My dad walked back to camp, sat down, and told us that he thinks the guy may just be a yuppie camper and doesn't know much about the outdoors. But my dad said that he got a weird vibe off him and would be keeping an eye out for him. Amber stayed by our side and was calm, yet she kept looking towards the direction the guy went. A bit more time goes by, and we have a nice campfire going, and the sun was starting to set. We cooked some dinner and made s'mores afterwards. My friend and I decided to go to our tent and read some books and tell each other some scary stories. Amber followed us to the tent and laid right outside of the door. My parents walked down to the lake to sit, have a beer, and just chill. They were never more than 50 yards away. Not long after my parents walked away, I heard Amber start to growl. Then we hear footsteps coming from the woods behind our tent. My friend and I turn off our flashlights and go quiet to listen. The footsteps stopped at the edge of the woods. We then hear heavy breathing and a grunting sound. Amber starts to bark, and we then hear the footsteps retreat to the woods. Amber whimpers a bit, and then I hear my parents walking back to the camp. I go out and tell them what happened. My dad said that he heard Amber barking, and that's why they came back up. I asked my dad what we should do. What is going on and if that strange guy was the one creeping around? He tells me that we will see about moving camp in the morning since we still have three days left on the trip and nothing has happened to warrant just leaving. But he said that we will play it by ear and just be a little more vigilant and if something changes, we will decide what to do next. He tells us to try to get some sleep and we will all turn in for the night. The next morning, we get up and have breakfast. After breakfast, we head down to the lake to fish. It was a beautiful day, and we were having so much fun, the events from the prior day were almost forgotten. We decided around lunchtime that we would go for a short hike to the waterfall that is up from the lake. We were gone for only about an hour, and when we came back, we found our tents opened, and our sleeping bags drug out on the ground. My dad tells us to hang back with mom, and he goes to investigate. He comes back and says nothing is missing, but it was not an animal that did this. He says we should break camp, hike back to the car, and find another spot to camp for the next couple of days. I could tell my dad was not wanting to frighten us, but I heard the urgency in his voice. I was very disappointed, but if it meant we could enjoy the rest of the trip and not worry about some creep messing with us, then it was worth it. We broke camp and started our hike back. Dad was in the lead, and we were double-timing it, and made it back to our car in record time. As we walked over to the car, we see that one of our tires was flat. Not a big deal, we always had a spare. But when my dad bent down to start taking the lugs off, he swore. It was not just flat. Someone slashed the tire. Dad changed that tire in record time, and we threw everything into the car. And he goes to turn the car on, but it wouldn't start. Dad swears, gets out of the car, and pops the hood. 
He says shit. It turns out someone took our spark plug wires. Old cars like that Chevy wagon did not have internal hood releases. You could just pop the hood from the outside. Dad slams the hood, says some very colorful words, and kicks some rocks. We were stuck, and no one else was at the trailhead. We were stranded. My parents are calm under pressure, and after a few minutes of discussion, it was decided that Dad would start walking down the road until he could hitch a ride to town and go to the auto parts store. Mom and the rest of us were going to wait with the car and look for someone to hopefully pull into the trail ahead and help us. A few hours go by, and no one has come to the trailhead. It is getting hot, and we are hungry and tired. My mom makes us some lunch, and we go to sit under a tree to cool off. Amber is by our side and was calm. But then we hear a voice. Amber leaps up and starts to whimper. The creepy guy from yesterday comes down the trail and is asking my mom if we need help. My mom tells him we are fine, that it is being settled and my dad will be back soon. This creep then tells her that his camp is close and he is parked on the old fire road that is near the lake and asks us if we would like to come back to his camp and wait until my dad returns. Mom sternly tells him no, that we will just wait here and thank you anyway. He does not like this. He tells my mom that it's not safe out here for a pretty lady and two young girls. My mom, like my dad, is no pushover and asserts herself again that we do not need any help and to please just leave us alone. The guy just stands there, smiles wide, and then just turns around and leaves. My mom is visibly shaken, and us girls were just a bit scared. My mom comes over to us and tells us that we need to stay close, do not wander, and that we will be okay. My friend and I are really kind of freaked out and are just hoping my dad will make it back soon. After about another 30 minutes, the creepy guy comes back. This time, though, he's not alone and has a slightly younger guy with him. The other guy is dressed as a yuppie camper and had a very stern look on his face. My mother stands her ground as they approach. Amber starts to low growl and her hackles go up. The two guys flank us, and one of them flashes a gun tucked into his belt. The older guy tells us that we need to go with them and that they are not asking. My mom backs up next to us and without taking her eyes off of them, reaches to her belt and pulls out her bowie knife. My mom said we will not be going and that they need to leave us now. The two men did not even flinch at this and said that we will come with them or they will hurt us. At this moment though, Amber goes from just growling to barking and puts herself between us and them. This makes the guy stop. My mom yells that they need to leave now. They start backing up and at that moment, we hear a truck pulling into the trailhead parking lot. At the sight of the truck, the guys start to walk away fast and disappear into the tree line. The truck was a forest ranger and he had my dad with him. My dad jumped out of the truck and ran over to us, asking if we were okay. The ranger came over and asked who those men were and if we were okay. My mom explained everything while my dad hugged us girls and told us we will be okay. The ranger takes off to go looking for the men. My dad tells us that he was about five miles from town when the ranger picked him up and took him the rest of the way to get the part for the car. He then drove him back to our car. After hearing what happened, my dad was pissed, 
and wanted to find the guys who tried to kidnap us and who had been terrorizing us for the past 24 hours. The ranger came back and told us that he had almost caught up to them, but they sped away in their truck with a camper in tow. They had been parked behind a small ridge behind the lake on an old logging road. He didn't get a plate, but he radioed a description of the men and their truck and the camper to the local sheriff's office. He also took our information and said he would pass it on to them. He waited with us until Dad had the car fixed and we were able to leave. We decided to not continue camping and instead drive a couple of hours to spend the last two days of the trip at the beach and stay in a hotel. A few days later, a deputy called my dad and told him they never did find the men. He said that it was most likely a crime of opportunity after seeing a woman with two girls in tow. He was sure they had been watching us from off the trail and had messed with our camp to judge how my dad would react. When my dad seemed to be too big of a threat, they sabotaged our car hoping to put us in a position where we were vulnerable. He said they would follow up with us if they find out anything else. But according to my dad, nothing ever came of it. Years later, I tried to do some research on crimes in that area of Oregon during the 80s that might have involved something like we experienced. All I could find was a few reports of campers being robbed and a few cars being broken into. There was one case of a young lady and her dog going missing from an area near there, but it was never determined what had happened to her or even if it was something bad or she just ran away. I can tell you that we did go back to that lake a few years later and had a very uneventful camping trip. It was nice to go back and find some joy in a spot that was special to me. I really hope those creepy guys never hurt anyone and maybe were caught for other crimes. I'll never know though. I just hope to never run into a situation like that again. I can say that having a dog along with us helped our situation. She was a hero and kept us alert. Amber went on to live until she was 12 years old and passed with her favorite people around her. Remember to stay safe, stay watchful, and it never hurts to have a sweet, brave dog with you. You're listening to Disturbed. Okay, doesn't it seem like everything requires a subscription these days? Streaming services, apps, fitness programs, the list goes on. Free trial this, free trial that. How can you possibly keep track and manage it all? Well, you can with Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a professional finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills, all in one place. Now you can easily cancel those subscriptions you don't use or don't even know you have with just the press of a button. Don't spend your time waiting on hold or going back and forth with customer service when you simply don't have to. Rocket Money will also allow you to monitor all your expenses in one place. It's super convenient. You can get custom budget recommendations based on your past spending. And one cool thing I love is that you can get a notification when you've reached your spending limits. And Lord knows, some of us need those limits. Now I'm not gonna lie, I looked through what I was paying for recently and I found two subscriptions I had no idea about. And this is exactly the sort of thing Rocket Money is for. And with over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 a year. 
So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com disturbed. Again, that's rocketmoney.com disturbed. Using our special link helps support the podcast. Something is creeping Don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. That was all fictitious. She stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. You're listening to Disturbed. Now back to the horror. Next up, we check in with Reddit user Then Bury Her, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby, and we learn a valuable lesson online. America Online was a big thing when I was 13, or in other words for my generation, AIM, which stood for, you guessed it, AOL Instant Messenger. It was around 2002 and I would have been a fresh 13 and in 8th grade. I had many times went into chat rooms by myself or with friends, goofing around. Unfortunately, unsolicited photos were a thing then too, but usually you could stay clear of it by the chat room you entered. I didn't have any photos of myself, and back when you had to take a digital photo and upload it from your camera. Plus, I was 13 and self-conscious, which I'm sure anyone can relate with. But one day, a guy popped up on my screen, wanting to chat. It went fine, at first. I was very naive back then, and we quickly fell into a pattern of talking. His name was Dave and lived in California. Eventually, him telling me he loved me, etc. But the problem was, he was 19. Now, I wasn't proud of this, but at first, being 13, 
I just sent pictures of some random girl and said it was me. He instantly fell for me, telling me age is just a number and how mature I was. Now, at this point, he did not live in state, so there was never any chance of us meeting. Eventually, he told me he and his mom were moving up to a city that was about an hour and a half away from me. He started begging me to see him and go to a movie. Anything. I had to break the catfishing truth and say those were not pictures of me, but of someone else. He was furious. He had been looking forward to a different type of child this whole time. Dave forgave me a few days later, saying, I still want to meet you because I love you. All the things you say to a young girl to get her to swoon. I think back and I'm like, wow, I was 13. So I told my best friend everything. I just explained above and that I wanted her to go with me to meet him. There was a whole plan about him driving to see me and going to the movies to finally meet what I thought was the love of my life. I had been brainwashed into believing this was normal. I didn't tell my mom, of course. And honestly, she didn't notice any of it was going on to begin with. So the day my friend and I were going to meet up with Dave, her mom came and picked us up from school. She said something that made my stomach drop into nothingness. She said, Chrissy, you are not going to the movies. You are not going to meet that man. You are going to get seriously hurt or kidnapped, and I can't allow you guys to go. I cried and cried because I honestly thought I could handle everything and be fine. She told me she wasn't going to tell my mom. I had to promise to never speak to him again and never plan to meet a stranger online. He ended up showing up and was upset I wasn't there. He went on aim, flying off the handle like I hadn't seen at that age. It scared me. It scared me how close I was to this man being near me. I never talked to Dave again, but I easily believe I would have been kidnapped or worse that day if my best friend's mom hadn't stepped in. My mom would have been none the wiser. I was none the wiser. But I am here today and learned a dire lesson. You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media. Up next, we have a listener voicemail from Alexandra, and she details her experience at a potential new home. Hi, my name is Alexandra. Um, I live in Central Texas, and this happened to us back in March of this year. We are a family of four, my husband and I, and I have um, an 11-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. We were looking for a house to buy at the time, and we found a house with a property in a very tiny town um, around here. It's called Levita, Texas. So we decided to go look at it because the price was really good. and even though it was weird because the market is going crazy right now, we didn't think anything of it. We went we went to look for uh, to the house, and when we first got there, um, my daughter didn't want to go inside the house. She said it, she didn't like it, like the way it looked, um, and everything from the people that used to live in the house was left in it, 
the husband, it was a husband and a wife, and he died back in 2010, I think, and the wife had died back in November of 2022. And so the family was still in the house, but they didn't empty it, everything was there. So my daughter wanted to stay outside, and we said, okay. So we went inside, and as soon as we got inside, the smell of rotten food hit us because everything was left so whatever that was in the fridge and all the the food in the pantry and everything was just rotting away um so that was like the first thing that made us not feel comfortable and not like the house but we still had to go and look around it so we went to the rooms and stuff like that and when we go to the last bedroom we hear our daughter scream my name, she screamed mom. And when I go running outside because I thought, you know, maybe she got hurt or fell or something, um, <clears throat> she told us that she wanted to leave, she didn't like the house and that she just saw a woman in there. So I was like, it's just us in here. And um, she was very pale, like her face, she was just so scared. and. She was like, no, I, I promise it. I was looking at the grass, walking around, and when I looked up, I saw a woman. And when I tried to look at her face, she just ran away and disappeared, and I couldn't see her. But the, the few details that I saw, um, she was very pale and white. She had like a white dress, and I couldn't see the features on her face. And she has never... Um, said anything like this she's never joked about ghosts or seeing things so even though we didn't believe her at the time we didn't tell her that we didn't we were like okay so that's fine calm down and we left um when we got home um that afternoon you know i talked to her again <clears throat> and she was very serious about it she swore that she was like, I swear that I did see it. I don't know what it is. So I decided to look up the history of the house and it was, um, the house was only lived by the husband and wife that lived there the last time. It was their house. And so what I found was that they most likely died in the house because the town is so small that there is nothing in there but houses and a volunteer like fire truck station so for what i could read they both died in the house and the wife died suddenly the husband he was sick um but you know she had died so recently between the time that we went there and she had passed it i don't know it just makes me think that my daughter could have seen her or whatever i don't know um i'm not a skeptic but i also am not a believer i'm like right in the middle but i don't know um, I just would like to, you know, get um, any opinions what people think it might be. So, thank you. Now, I'd love to get a little more interaction with our voicemails. So, if you have any thoughts on Alexandra's experience, let us know by going to disturbedpodcast.com and click on hotline to share your thoughts or opinions on Alexandra's experience. And while you're at it, if you have one, go ahead and share your own experience as well.
And finally, we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Casetifer, featuring voice work by Matt Bradford. And we deal with the shadow people. I should say off the top that I have sleep paralysis, although undiagnosed. One of my first memories was waking up in my bed probably around the age of 10 and not being able to move, but seeing a very tall, dark gray being resembling what most people would call an alien hiding in the corner of my room. I remember not feeling scared, but it was more startled that something was in my space. Well, about four years ago, we moved into this very old Victorian house. It was one of the first built in the city. Sometimes in the summer, I would play video games in the basement to escape the heat. And right above where my TV would sit, there was a hole in the wall leading to the crawl space under the house that was pitch black and very ominous. Well, down there one day, I, I went into sort of a trance. And when I came to, I was sitting where I was, but staring blankly into the dark hole for an unknown amount of time. Well, this house was so old, it had two sets of stairs. One for the people living there, and the other for the servants. Well, one day I was headed down the servant stairs, staring at my feet, and I looked up to see a girl at the end of the stairs in a white gown with black hair on her face. It was almost exactly like the one in the movie The Ring. And another time I was home, I heard something upstairs run from one room to the other. It was so loud that my dog stood up and looked at me. I did go upstairs to check every room, but found nothing. There was no issues for years after that that I could remember. And then fast forward to about age 22. At this point, my sleep paralysis is worse than ever. I can't sleep without having that feeling that something is watching me. I mean, it's interesting to note that when I would go somewhere very far, like being deployed to other countries, I would be okay for about a month, and, and it would start again almost like it took a while to travel to find me. Then, I started seeing things while not or had not been asleep. And at one point, I, I can't remember if I'd fallen asleep or if I was in the process, but I looked up and saw the same girl as before from the Victorian house my ceiling right above my bed. I jumped up to turn on the light and... Well, it was gone. After that incident, I, I never slept without a light on ever again, although it didn't really help. At the beginning of 2021, when I was 27, I would try to fight my body to try to get it to move during sleep paralysis more and more. After fighting it so much, I, I would start waking up without being able to move, but I would also hear this loud ringing in my ears and feel extra daisy, almost like being hit by a stun grenade. I also started hearing noises of something being moved or manipulated, like someone touching or moving things. Some things would fall randomly, but not very often. I also bought a townhome, and I've always heard loud walking, scratching in my upstairs crawl space while completely awake. My girlfriend also hears it, and she refuses to sleep upstairs when it happens. I went to check when she begged me to look in the middle of the night, and there was nothing there. Not even a place an animal could get in Oh, and I also had an incident where my girlfriend was crying downstairs in the dark while visiting me. Her dog ran away back home, and she looked up to see what appeared to be me standing there by the stairs, shrouded in darkness. And not being able to see the front of the form due to the dark, she called out to it thinking it was me. There was no response, and when she wiped her tears and looked back, it was gone. I should mention that my neighbor I share a wall with at my townhome has also stated ever since I moved in that her bedroom or hallway lights turn on and off by themselves throughout the night. Anyway, all this stuff happens less frequently now, 
and I still never sleep in the dark. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Thanks to our sponsor, Rocket Money. If you're interested in saving money on your subscriptions, please use our special link at rocketmoney.com slash disturbed to help support the podcast. Special thanks to our newest Plus members, Soundbox16, Xander Hazlitt, Samantha Tanog, and Erica Furlong. If you enjoyed the show, please consider joining Plus at disturbedpodcast.com slash plus. But if you can't, consider leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite listening platform. Share your own true horror story at disturbedpodcast.com. Music by Carl Casey at whitebataudio and co.eg. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all.